1: We are witnessing a tragedy unfold in the nationals' long term care system that has been a half century in the making. That is the feeling of many who work in the system and those who advocate for seniors. More than half of the deaths of COVID 19 in this country have happened in long term care residences. Uh, today, the Prime Minister said we have to let down our greatest, we have let down, in fact, our greatest generation and says the fact that we have millions military moving in to help in some facilities is an indication that governments are failing seniors. He says there's going to be an examination of how the country got to this point, but he would not say whether he would put the seniors' homes under the Canada Health Act. With more on this, we are joined this afternoon by Dr. Greta Cummings, the Dean of Nursing at the University of Alberta. Dr. Cummings, it's nice to talk to you again.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: So, of more uh, of the more than 1,800 Canadian deaths attributed to COVID-19 so far, more than half have happened in long-term care uh, residences. You've been watching this. I mean, I mean, the pandemic. This didn't. This this has really shone a spotlight on the uh, challenges and the problems with long-term care system overall, hasn't it?
0: it absolutely has um the the impact of the covid virus and and it's pandemic um has really exposed the vulnerability within our long-term care sector um, which is comprised of um, the most vulnerable population in our country which is our seniors um, who are nearing the end of life um are are Research shows that um, they're in nursing homes for an average of about um, 18 months in um, in Alberta, and they have many, many um, uh, comorbidities um, at at their stage of their life, um, high levels of dementia, and um, and they're very frail. So, I mean, where do
1: we where do we lay blame here, or is it multi level? Where would we start?
0: Well, and I I don't think that laying blame is going to work, but I think we absolutely need action going forward uh, on a on a number of levels. Um, our healthcare aides in um, in Quebec and some other um, countries um, have been accused of abandoning their post yeah um, in some of the nursing homes and and I think that's that's not the right story um, to have because these are highly dedicated workers they are themselves uh, highly vulnerable because uh, the majority of them are women they're immigrants um, for many of them, English is not their first language. They're an invisible workforce that, frankly, society doesn't care for very much. And uh, and so they, they're uh, low wages, and uh, many of them have to work multiple jobs just to make ends meet and support their families. Um, and what our research has shown is that Um, while they have very high levels of burnout which you can imagine in terms of Mm -hmm. um, the kind of care that they have to do they also have some of the highest levels of efficacy in their roles like they they really report that they are effective in their work they have relationships with seniors quite often they're the only ones that have relationships with seniors if there are no family no friends etc and so When you layer on the vulnerable seniors population and then this vulnerable uh, care population in a highly regulated sector, um, there's many things that need to be done to to deal with this.
1: So where do we start when we're talking about those things that need to be done? um, What would be top of the list? dr cummings
0: well i think um a number of things would would be to consider that in in these nursing homes um, they're not hospitals but they're not the person's individual home that they've had for their life but they are considered to be a home so up until now they haven't had the kind of pandemic preparedness they haven't had ppe the protective personal equipment um, and other kinds of support and they haven't necessarily been prepared for this kind of a pandemic they have routine flu outbreaks every year that also take their toll but not to this extent um, at all and they are prepared for those kinds of things Um, but there's in those kinds of settings there's also vaccines there's also um, additional protocols that would allow the nursing home to be able to manage that kind of um of setup in this kind of situation um with a pandemic where there is no vaccine there's, there's quite a number of things that would need to be um addressed and um One of those is, um, as you have mentioned in your introduction, is um, that uh, Prime Minister Trudeau has indicated that there's a need for um, a national kind of task force. And there may be a variety of task forces that are required to look at what has gone wrong and to help rebuild the system um, in a new way, not just, um, you know, throw money at the system, but to actually transform it in a way that it could deal with these kinds of um of real serious tragedies and that we need better training we need better equipment um we need to have improved work conditions and um and really be able to support the seniors as well as the workforce that are looking after them
1: um I'm just writing this all down while while you're talking there. I mean, well, it it's it looks like we are going to have to do um, uh, an evaluation or the, that we need to do a reevaluation, an evaluation from bottom up on the system and start looking at long-term care in a different way. I mean, we've we we have maybe you know four people in a room. We have I, I remember my grandmother when she was in her long-term care facility and they kind of roll everybody out and they put them in front of the tvs like the group setting all of that a lot of these facilities are older they don't have like solitary or more single rooms there's a lot of group stuff so that all adds to it as well but dr cummings i mean i was just reading a um, a conference board of canada report from um i think last year that says we're going to need an additional 200,000 carabeds care beds by 2035 that's doubling the capacity that's in canada right now um I I just wonder how we're going to do that, who's going to be working in them, and how are you going to even start to begin to attract people to work in these facilities, given what we're going through right now?
0: Well, I think um, the the system is aware that um, an order of magnitude of increase in these beds is absolutely required. And there has been numerous efforts over decades to try and appropriately um, transfer seniors who have been in hospital for any number of reasons to a an appropriate um, continuing care facility long-term care nursing home supportive living etc but there has been um, a a shortage there has been insufficient number of um, these kinds of facilities and appropriately staffed and managed as, as we've discussed. So perhaps there is now a will to look at this because these seniors are, are the ones who have built Canada uh-huh. and they've, they've been ignored and they've been, if not willfully ignored, they've just not been on the public radar.
1: Isn't that it? Just it's just uh, it's just such a such a shame. Um, what about you know when we look at the workforce itself? You talked about typically um, um, who's making that up. And again, when I touched on and I and asked you, how do you try to uh, attract more um, attract more people? To this, I mean, you look at the wages, you look at training, all of that sort of stuff. What do you think needs to be done on on that front? You know, making sure that they have what they need in place to to do their job and do it well and do it safely.
0: Well, I think there needs to be a look from a provincial um, government level in every province at the funding that goes to support long-term care, uh, because there is there is a fixed funding formula that specifies the kind of staffing that can be hired and and deployed. And clearly it's insufficient, um, especially as our seniors are living longer and yeah. they have many more functional um, decline issues and they have many more comorbidities, so they need a more um, expert level of attention than what they've um, been receiving generally in, in these Homes across the country, and before the 1980s, um, there were most of the care was being provided by registered nurses in nursing homes, and over the last 40 years, it has it has changed markedly to having perhaps one registered nurse in a nursing home, and some have none. And, Why is that? And, um, I think primarily it's it's. It's related to cost, cost? without yeah. looking at the benefit yeah. of having expert nursing care. And even if every physician could not, you know, wasn't a, a a registered nurse, then we need much higher levels of um, of expert nursing care of registered nurses and licensed practical nurses in addition to the healthcare aides.
1: Uh, One of the articles um, that I was reading about uh, talked about uh, mental health care as well. Um, For for the folks that are in these long-term care homes right now, these continuing care facilities who are working through this, um, the mental health aspect of this is something that I fear is going to be greatly ignored. Um, What are your thoughts on that uh, point on this whole issue?
0: I think for those who are working through the pandemic in these kinds of situations, um, there is great risk of uh, traumatic, sort of post-traumatic distress afterwards because of the horrific conditions in some of these facilities and in some of the frontline acute care areas as well. And so um, we cannot forget the nursing homes in in any efforts that are being uh, put forward to deal with mental health issues and and it's also an issue for the seniors because for many of them either their fam they don't have family they have very few family who live far away and they they're not able to attend very often and the ones that have been coming regularly have not been allowed to come into the nursing home for pandemic um public health reasons and so um these these seniors have have had no family contact aside from virtual and and that can be even more challenging if you have dementia and other cognitive um, issues so there needs to be um very specific attention paid to that as well as we come out of the other side of this pandemic. And again, to um, to deal with it again for the future.
1: Um, Dr. Greta Cummings is uh, the Dean of the Faculty of Nursing at the University of Alberta, also professor there. Uh, doctor, just um, overall, I mean, as, as someone who, you know, is a huge part of educating our, our future nurses in this province, um, what do you take, or what will you take, or what do you think schools should take f- from from this pandemic, and 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 apply in the educational center sense setting moving forward to future nurses? Um, yeah, I guess yeah. I, I'm curious to know what that might be, what that would look like, what lessons we might learn for the future nurses from all of this.
0: Well clearly within our our faculty we um, specialize in a number of areas in both our education and our research and that includes um, care of the elderly we that's our largest number of researchers that we have we have 14 researchers that that do specific research in maintaining wellness um, aging healthy um, living in nursing homes and um, and how to improve quality of care and life at at the end of life and so we will we continue to ensure that that's a a good portion of our education that we have um, throughout our undergraduate and graduate programs but we also um, focus on care of vulnerable populations this is one very very dramatic in our face example of vulnerable populations but we also have Um, expertise in um, other vulnerable populations the um, the teenage pregnancies uh, homeless those with um, uh, addiction disorders um, etc so um, all of that as we as we um, look to educating the nurses of the future we're educating them in how to how to help support uh, vulnerable populations to live their best lives and and be healthy. Um, We educate in fundamentals of care, which we know um, makes all the difference for um, independence of of individuals. And as well in leadership to help make system change and community change and help change um, with individuals, one individual at a time.
1: Dr. Cummings, joining me this afternoon. Dr. Greta Cummings, joining me this afternoon. Thanks for for uh, for taking the time. I appreciate uh, your insight on this, and uh, we'll see what happens in the in the in the months and years to come on this front. Thank you
0: again. Well, thank you for this opportunity.
1: Take care now, Dr. Greta Cummings, who is the Dean and a Professor of the Faculty of Nursing at the University of Alberta, talking about long-term care and curious to know what your experience has been with that. Maybe your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, whatever it is. Um, you know, they they oftentimes do absolutely amazing work, but boy, oh boy, uh, what a, we have certainly, a light's been shone, sh- you know, shone on this and we're, we're seeing all of these cracks. And there's so much work to do moving forward. Um, I, I hope that all the levels of government have enough, you know what, to get it done and get it done right.